Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Men's Room Podcast from TalkSport is proudly sponsored by Toolstation. If, like me, you love a little deal, then you can join the Toolstation Club today online, in-store or via the app, and you will save some money getting a 5% discount shopping with Toolstation, as well as a chance to get your hands on some fantastic prizes, such as TVs, gaming consoles, and even holidays. If you keep spending, you'll keep on saving. That's the Toolstation Club, so make sure you join today, online, in-store, or via the app. A Bosch. I'm Adi Oladipo and welcome once again to The Men's Room, a podcast where we talk about all things men. You guessed it right. Uh, joining me as always, my sidekick, Mr. Rory Jennings. Honoured. Honoured. It's really good, isn't it? This is really good fun. It's really, it's really good fun. I'm looking yeah. forward to this one as well. This one's going to be interesting because this one is all about masculinity. It taps into very much who I am. This mm. is my raison d'etre. This is you, innit? This is This me. is you, yeah. This, this Rugged and manly. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, compared to the average fella now, I am. So you think so? Well, well, we'll find out because I think the guy that we're going to speak to now will might just um, have, <laughs> have a different viewpoint on that after about 40 minutes. <laughs> Let's welcome in Jack Irwin, um, a man who wrote a fantastic book called Surviving Modern Masculinity. Uh, Jack, really appreciate you coming on. Um, this is an interesting subject because I've been following a guy that I'm, I'm probably sure you've heard of called Jordan Peterson. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And he's kind of he's very much into sort of men just being men. Um, and I've been listening to him for the last sort of four or five years, and I find him fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, that's an interesting viewpoint he has. I'm uh, I'm very much kind of from the opposite uh, thought, which is that we don't really need to be men so much anymore. Ooh. And you know, I'm uh, I'm all for men kind of being men, you know, doing what you want to feel masculine. But I think ultimately there is kind of um, you know, we will probably get into this, some sort of toxicity associated with a lot of modern masculinity. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's, you know, it's causing a great deal of harm um, to men and to women, to everyone, truly. Um, you know, we can look at uh, rates of, uh, you know, take a, take a look at suicide rates, uh, the difference between men and women. You know, men are significantly more likely to end their own lives. Um, and there's, you know, there's a whole variety of reasons for that, um, you know, being that we don't uh, open up about our emotions. And we kind of push things down until it's too late. Um, and uh, unfortunately, there's also uh, kind of evidence that when suicide is attempted, men tend to choose more violent means um, because of this kind of idea of reclaiming a sense of masculinity. And so... 
I'm kind of, uh, I'm of the boat that, uh, you know, we need to actually kind of push back against some of this, um, this kind of toxic masculinity and say, you know, it's okay for men to talk. It's okay for us to, you know, not be super masculine all the time. It doesn't change who we are, but it can be, uh, you know, profoundly helpful to all of society if we actually start to think about why we behave this way and, you know, maybe make some changes to that. Jack, can I ask, you know, the stats that you mentioned there, they're obviously very important to acknowledge but were they the same numbers like were males more likely to commit suicide were the means chosen more violent previously when when masculinity was perhaps more necessary more normal because if it was the same then then this is just a man thing and actually nothing to do with any changes in society, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't actually have the statistics historically. I think um, our recording of them um, in such a way doesn't actually go that in depth um, into the past. Uh, but I do know that um, as long as we have been um, keeping an eye on this, uh, men have significantly outnumbered women in suicides. Um, yeah, I... It, it may be something that has kind of always been in men, um, but we also know that suicide has been on the rise um, for everyone uh, over the last 20, 30 years. Um, and, you know, as, as we've all seen, um, you know, getting through this pandemic, uh, mental health is, you know, a real issue for everyone right now, but it's still men who are struggling the most to, um, to address it and to, to take the steps they need to get better. You mentioned modern masculinity at the top there. What what's what what is that? What does that sort of encompass? Are, are we talking about a generation? So from I don't know, sort of the eighties, or are you going further back? What do you mean by modern masculinity? I have kind of looked at masculinity um, pretty much over the last hundred years um, and traced it from um, kind of the the two world wars, which were a very interesting period for men. You know, we had so many men going off and fighting, so many men dying, coming back, either, you know, horrifically injured physically or um, suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, of course, we didn't, we didn't know the term post-traumatic stress disorder until I think about 15, 20 years after the end of the Second World War. Um, and so I've kind of looked at how it shaped the subsequent generations from them, um, sort of through my own family history. Um, my my grandfather fought in the Second World War in Italy. Um, he, you know, by all accounts, came back completely scarred by what he had seen, um, and was very unable to show emotions, to show love. Um, and so my dad grew up believing that you know the right way to be a man is to be this kind of very stiff upper lip. Um, don't talk about your feelings, don't talk about anything, just push it down. Uh, and so perhaps not surprisingly, he died when I was nine um, of a heart attack. Uh, in the weeks that followed, um, the post-mortem revealed that he had scar tissue on his heart from previous heart attacks. Um, and we had found uh, over-the-counter angina medication in one of his jacket pockets, which none of us, not his kids, not my mum, knew anything about. Um, so it became clear that he had kind of been self-medicating for um, some sort of heart issues, but never went to see a doctor about it, never opened up to any of his family about it because he just thought the right thing to do was, you know, get on with it, not seek help. 
And so obviously that uh, in its own way had a kind of profound effect on me growing up. Like I said, I was nine when he died. Um, and for the longest time, I kind of embodied a lot of how he had been raised. I thought, you know, like, I don't need to talk about this. It's fine. My dad's dead, whatever. Um, just get on with it. Uh, and it was only kind of like later in my teens, early 20s, uh, when I was going through a pretty rough period of depression. And I started to actually talk about this with some friends and how I was feeling. And I realized... Um, this is crazy. Why, why am I pushing all of this stuff down? Why am I unable to talk about these things? Like it's clearly had a massive effect on me. So I started to kind of look into, um, yeah, masculinity a bit more then. That's when I started writing my book. Um, and it just became apparent that generations over generations, um, you know, particularly in the wake of the two world wars, uh, had really kind of been taught to repress their emotions, um, and just, you know, be a man. Um, and I wanted to kind of challenge that. Uh, but yeah, I think, um, generationally it's, you know, it's, it's a huge change. You know, what, what my dad thought was a man and now what I think is a man today after kind of having re-examined some of this are very different. And yeah, I would say I have noticed a, a real change in masculinity kind of in the 20 years since my dad died. Um, you know, both, uh, and how I process things, and I think how we deal with things in a society. Um, you know, when I when I was that that age, and after it happened, there wasn't any kind of counselling offered through my school. No mention of therapy. I don't think we knew anyone who had had therapy at that time. Um, and so we think, you know, masculinity and mental health. We both we we made great leaps in both of those. Um, and now it's kind of, it's not so much of a stigma for men to talk about getting help for uh, seeing a therapist. Um, and so I think we are kind of entering um, a new age in that respect, but we also have the pushback from that, which is some men saying, okay, like, you know, if this is what these men are going to do. I am going to take it so far in the opposite direction. I'm going to be hyper-masculine. I'm going to embody all of those kind of ideals of violence um, and toxic masculinity because, I don't know. It's uh, whenever you get any kind of social progress, uh, that does tend to be a backlash against it. So I think we're kind of we're seeing masculinity kind of going in two directions right now. And one can't, is can't both coexist, Jack. Can't both coexist. Obviously, not not the violence, obviously, but you know. So you get those hyper masculine men, but you also get men that are okay and happy to talk about therapy and mental health. With that, I was going to ask you about the phrase "man up." You know, it's, it's something that. I remember it in school, you know, 20 years ago, you know, PE, whatever, you'd hear, you'd actually hear the PE teacher say, man up. It was a phrase. Do you think that phrase still has a place in society? Do you, do you think it's a phrase that some men still need to hear? I don't think it is. I think it's, um, as you say, it's something that we're told from a very early age. And I think it has a, a pretty strong effect on us. Um, and it's often kind of used to, you know, silence crying children as, uh, you know, boys don't cry, man up. Um, and I think, um, you know, trying to push this idea of masculinity on uh, boys and young men is part of why we have a kind of society where men do feel unable to, um, to open up and why they feel like the correct response to um, you know, fears or anxieties is to react in violent ways. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, I, I don't really like the phrase. Um, I think, you know, it maybe served a purpose 20, 30 years ago when we didn't give too much consideration about what it was doing to the people we told it to. Um, but I'm kind of, you know, sure, man up, but 
again, I think we need to talk about uh, the harm that that causes and the kind of the false ideals of masculinity that it tends to embody because, you know, to view violence as kind of this, uh, uh, something to be put on a pedestal, particularly in a country like America. Would you say, would you say that the rise of feminism has created an equal rise in toxic masculinity where, where as females have become more, they might say on an equal playing field with men that somehow some other men are thinking, okay, we don't want to be on this equal playing field. We're now going to go, up another level would you say that one sort of increased the other uh yes and no um i think there are definitely men who have reacted to the rise of feminism that way they feel under threat they feel that their role you know as a provider and the protector is no mm. longer viable uh, and so understandably i think a lot of men um kind of push back against feminism because they start to think oh there is no place for me in the world but i think mm. the flip side of that is you have a lot of men who are listening to what women and particularly feminists are saying um, and particularly in regards to, uh, you know, opening up a bit more to maybe softening, becoming a little bit gentler um, and seeing that this can actually open up a whole world of opportunities for them. You know, your role to your family is whatever you want it to be and whatever you and your partner um, agree upon. But I think, you know, you can be a fantastic dad who brings, you know, uh, brings in the income for the family and take care of them that way. But I think a lot of men, um, as feminism has uh become a kind of stronger movement as we have seen more and more women in the workplace and particularly in positions of power in the workplace, uh, more and more men have realized, oh, you know, maybe I don't have to uh, be in these same positions as maybe my father was. Maybe I can be at home uh, with the family more and kind of be more hands-on in that respect. So I think you have some who are going to um, take feminism as a threat and you have others who are going to take it as an opportunity. So again, it's kind of, you know, there's these two lines of masculinity. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, some, some men do view it as a threat. I personally don't. I think it can be um, a really wonderful thing for society. Um, I personally uh, would love to be, you know, the primary child carer, for instance. I, I think that would be a fantastic role to take on. Um, and I say this as someone whose wife makes significantly more money than him. So, you know, maybe that's just kind of the natural order of things for me. Have you noticed a difference in masculinity in, um, say, Europe and the US as opposed to maybe it, sort of Asia and Africa where there is still much this men are men and women are women? Yeah, I haven't done too much study on um, international masculinity. I've mostly focused on, on the West and particularly the UK, um, the US and Canada where I'm now living. Um, but there are definitely, um, yeah, in, uh, in a lot of the world, we still have very kind of focused gender roles. Um, and, you know, it's not necessarily a good thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I think it's very interesting in how the West has evolved over the past kind of 60, 70 years as we have had, you know, the aforementioned equality, more women getting into the workplace. Uh, we've kind of reached a point where there's not actually a ton of jobs to go around. You know, there's a lot of unemployment, um, both male and female. And we unfortunately, you know, I think... I, I was raised in a very traditional home. My, my dad went to work, my mom stayed at home and raised me and my siblings um, until you know, I was uh, you know, old enough to be in school and then my mom went off and did her degree and became a teacher after that. But it was, yeah, it was very traditional in the sense that we had one parent working, one parent at home, and that was great for me. I had a fantastic upbringing. You know, my mom really wanted to be at home looking after me um, and she did a brilliant job. Uh, and my dad, consequently, he 
didn't really want to do too much of the hands-on parenting. And so, you know, they had an agreement that he would work, she would stay home. And that worked very well for them. And now what we're seeing is, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough time for a lot of people, financially speaking. You generally have both parents working. Uh, so neither of them is able to stay home um, and, you know, spend as much time with the family as they would like. Uh, and we're still, you know, we're still able to afford kind of only what we could 20, 30 years ago on a single family income. So I think there is a kind of um, a problem that has arisen from these gender roles kind of balancing out, which is that now everyone is working and uh, no one is able to, you know, look after the family as, you know, as diligently as they might like. And so we're kind of, we're working to pay the childcare. And so I think we need to kind of, I'm not saying we need to get back to an idea of man go to work, woman stay home. But I think we need to kind of look as a society at how we can kind of address that and say, okay, well, you know, it'd be great if you have one parent working and one parent at home or, you know, both parents working part-time, both parents at home part-time. Um, and so I think, you know, looking at countries where it is still very much the man goes to work, the woman stays home, it works in a way that we're kind of struggling with in Western society right now. Uh, Jack, um, I want to give you some examples. I want your, your, your thoughts on these. These are examples of toxic masculinity that we've seen uh, online. The first one is if you cry in front of your woman, she will lose all respect for you. That's funny. I, uh, I've cried in front of my wife maybe once in our relationship. Uh, and it's something that, you know, she, she's a big cryer. She is very emotional, very in her feelings. Um, um, like, that that's great for you. you know we'll be watching a movie we'll get 10 minutes in i look over and she's bawling uh and i i joke with her about it i maybe mock her a little too much for it um but i because of how i was raised and because of um you know what i was sort of taught to embody as a man i don't really cry it's something that i would like to cry more honestly you know the few times i have in recent memory it's been this kind of really cathartic kind of cleansing things like oh i feel good after a cry but mostly it just it doesn't come if i'm super sad if i'm you know really exhausted uh it's still kind of you know oh i feel like a good cry would sort me out right now but it just i've kind of lost that ability to cry so my wife is she thinks I'm weird because I don't do it. Uh, and she would like to see me crying a lot more and just being more uh, emotional in general, but it isn't happening. So I think, you know, maybe some women would lose respect for their man. Um, most of the women I know, I think, uh, would probably like to see a bit more of that because I think it kind of, it does open you up a little bit. Um, it makes you just a bit more accessible. And, you know, ultimately um, in, you know, these heterosexual relationships, time and again, what I hear is that women would like to, uh, you know, get inside their, their partner's minds a bit more and kind of know what's going on. And that was, you know, it was a big bugbear amongst my parents. You know, my mum had no idea what my dad was thinking ever. You know, she would ask him and he'd just say, oh, you know, fine. Um, right up until the day he died. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I think some women may, may, may lose respect for you if you cry. I think the vast majority would actually see it as quite an endearing thing. Can I ask you, um, this is more of a personal question. Do, do, do you think there is a man's role? So within not just society, but within the household, is there a man's role? I don't know that there is. Um, I, I think that uh, everyone has a role to play. Um, and I think, you know, the division of labor in our household, um, you know, my, my wife will do all of the laundry, for instance. Um, I tend to do pretty much all of the cooking. Um, I love cooking. She, she doesn't mind doing the laundry in the way that I do. Um, and so it's kind of, you know, 
those would both have been kind of traditional women's roles. Um, mm. We sort of divided it up a bit again because we both work. Um, you know, you have to kind of take on these things. I think, I personally think a man's role is, um, you know, it can be whatever he wants to be as long as there is a kind of level of understanding with him and, you know, whoever his partner may be. You know, I think it's fine uh, to say, all right, I'm going to go out, I'm going to work, I'm going to bring home the money, you can stay home with the kids. But I think that does need to be agreed so there's no resentment amongst you. Um, but, you know, I think in modern society, you know, everyone is working, women, men. Um, and so I think we kind of, we need to step away from this idea that there is kind of one set role based on your gender or your sex, um, because I think everyone unfortunately needs to kind of step up and do everything. And it means that everyone is kind of quite overworked at the moment. But as I have always thought, you know, I think we need to take this opportunity um, with more women um, earning more money and, you know, in... Uh, a case like mine where my wife is the uh, the main household earner, um, I need to step back and say, okay, like you're making more money than me. You're probably going to continue making more money than me. You can, you know, take care of that side of things a bit more. I'll do a bit more around the house. I don't feel emasculated because of that. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm happy that we are able to make it work, that we don't have to worry too much about, you know, getting food on the table. Um, and for me, that's, that's a much bigger thing in my life than am I being a man right now? You know, it's, are we surviving? Are we content and happy together? Jack, really appreciate you coming on. Honestly, it's fascinating. I, I, find, I find this conversation fascinating. Uh, thank you so much. Maybe you can check out Jack's books, Man Up, uh, Surviving Modern Masculinity is available now. Um, great book. Um, and well done, Jack, as well. It's difficult conversations. And I think these conversations need to be had. So really appreciate you coming on. Uh, really, really, uh, really happy to be here. And thanks so much for having me. Cheers, Cheers Jack. Jack. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Men's Room Podcast on TalkSport is proudly sponsored by Toolstation. This is your little reminder that you can join the Toolstation Club today online, in-store, or via the app. You might be thinking, why would I sign up? 
but I'm glad you asked. At Toolstation, if you keep spending, you keep on saving. Signing up means that not only will you get a lovely 5% discount shopping with Toolstation, but there are thousands of prizes to be won. So that's the Toolstation Club, so make sure you join today online, in-store or via the app. Interesting to hear there from Jack Irwin. Um, different viewpoint, I think it's fair to say, from yours. Yeah, I mean, certainly. Certainly not the way that I view society at all. I mean, generally speaking, I think you mentioned Jordan Peterson at the beginning of the piece. Mm. I would subscribe to that. that. Yeah, yeah, I would I would subscribe to that. Yeah. I think it's fair if you've if you've got if you've got a relationship where you both go to work, like my wife goes to work, got absolutely, you know, that, that's that's fine. But I also do believe that there are traditional roles. And uh, there's also that's, a that's traditional... That's I ask you, because I asked him about sort of, is there still a place for men's roles and females, or sort of women's roles? And he said, kind of not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, think I, I think there are. Yeah. Yeah, I think there are. There certainly is in my house. Mm. There certainly is. There's certain things that, it's not about the will to do, it's about the skill to do. Mm. I'm terrible at the things that would naturally fall under my wife's jurisdiction. Such as? Such as if Clementine, my daughter, needs something at 2am. You can do that, though. No, I can't. Clementine, I can't. I don't, I honestly, it sounds ridiculous. Firstly, Clementine will demand her mum. Mm. So if I go in there, it's only going to cause mayhem. But equally, I can't do a lot of that stuff. You know, that tender... Can I ask you, can I, sorry to cut quick, can I ask you your view on feminism then? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a full supporter of feminism. Okay. But... It's not something I think about on a particular, mm. particular regular basis. I mean, mm. my wife would certainly identify as a feminist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. would certainly identify yeah, as a feminist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also my my life. I was brought up. I was brought up by my my mum and my gran mm. together, and I now live with my wife and my daughter together. I've only ever lived with women. I've never lived with a man. That's interesting. You say that because that's me as well. And that's why I think I've I feel like there are I, particular roles. I've always felt that I was quite, and and I was accused of this actually as being quite soft. Yeah, I was always because very soft as a youngster. I was, I was always ladies. very soft. But I think I adopted a slightly more brash exterior, perhaps because as of a that? reaction. Yeah. yeah. Because as you, a consequence I, of that. Yeah. Living with a mother and a grandmother, mm. like, don't get me wrong, we're, li- you know, we're living in a flat on Kilburn High Road, a mile in the sky, me, my mum, my nan. My mum and my nan certainly had a bit about them. They didn't need a protector. Mm. But I say when I got to 15, 16, I was very aware, man of the house sort of thing. And it was my responsibility. And I do believe that certain things do fall in natural, in a, in a kind of natural, old-fashioned order. It's weird. I, I felt like my ex sort of tested my masculinity on, yeah. on various occasions. And it's funny, because well, as I was saying to Jack, and like, you know, if someone knocks on your door, I would expect to go and answer. Yeah. I remember we had, some, we had an incident where um, someone was trying to take a washing machine from downstairs. Right. And she called me at work and said, someone's trying to take a washing machine from downstairs. And I was like... Let them take it. I've thrown it out. Yeah. Like, what, what are you doing? She's like, no, you need to come. Like, please come. And I was like, what? So I jumped on my motorbike, got there as fast as I could. I'm like, yeah. like oh my God, this is, I need to protect <laughs> my, my wife to me. I got there and I knew the guy that was taking the washing machine. I was like, whoa, take it. Yeah. And she was like, no, 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 you've called the council. They can't take it. I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Yeah, like, what's going on right yeah, now? Yeah. And I thought, okay, is she trying to test my masculinity? Like, what do I do? Do I stand down? <laughs> so she started screaming from upstairs oh, at the guy downstairs that I know there's two of them one's quite a big lump <laughs> and I was like what are you doing like, well, what am I supposed to do now and I be, be the protector of the house I'm like you know is this a test and um, she started screaming he then started screaming back up at her 
Oh, they start having an argument. And I'm like, puts you in a very awkward position. I didn't know yeah, what to yeah, do yeah. at this stage. And I was like, yeah, I didn't know what to do. And long story short, I kind of <laughs> probably got this wrong. But I was like, shut up to her. Mm-hmm. Get out of here to the guys. Yeah, probably. She right. then, she probably got it wrong. Probably. She then went and told someone he can't protect me. Yeah, I mean, and I was like, she, I was like, what well, have I failed the do, test? Do you know, have I failed the modern but, masculinity no, test? No, but you know what? You know what this is. This is a similar moment to the conversation that we just had. Mm. Picking an extreme example, picking an example where like she's she's got it wrong. <laughs> she's got it. She's got it wrong on every level. Yeah, like she's almost started a fight. Like that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. bad form yeah, from yeah, her. Very bad. But that you. isn't that isn't that doesn't demonstrate. Your lack of masculinity, masculinity. far from it, mm. far from it. Also, it's not. I think when people say masculine, they immediately go for that, don't they? It's like, no, bro, that's not it. Mm. Being a fellow isn't that, but that's not that's not really what I mean by so, so what, frowning what you, on masculinity. What would you say masculinity? So is, even then? one of those things that you said in that piece where where you were talking about crying, yeah. would, would your missus lose respect for you if you, you were to cry? Yeah. Okay, my wife would one hundred percent not. She, okay. I know for a fact that she would one hundred percent not. Okay, but would but you if, would you one hundred percent do it in front of her? I would. I would feel comfortable crying at when the situation didn't. Have you? At, 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 look, God forbid. Mm. But my grandmother is eighty nine, yeah. and I adore her, and I see her all the time. I adore her too. I adore yeah. her. Right? She adores you. She, she, she know, can't she say does, your name. Can't but say she does adore you. She does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. But ultimately, hopefully, in a over a decade. Mm. One day she dies. And on that day, I am a blubbering wreck. Mm. And I even thinking about it chokes me. Mm. When that happens, yes, I wouldn't feel even slightly concerned about demonstrating passion in front of my missus. Mm. A funny cry, for example, like Marley and Me. You seen that film? Yeah. You're crying in that. Oh, my mm. Lord, you're crying in that. If I were to cry watching that film with my wife, I'd feel fine. Because one of them is funny and one of them is undoubtedly one of the saddest days Painful. of your life, right? Yeah. But what, what I wouldn't do, and it's not that she would judge me, but I judge myself. Pathetic crying. Don't cry because you can't pay the bills. Don't, you know that, like... I think that's what that was referring to. That there. Don't cry because you can't handle, because you've had a bad day at the office. Or you're, that, so, you that's would, so you would then say, man up. Yeah, I would. I'd, I've got no up. issue with a term, though. You've no issue. I've got no issue with a term. I say the term. You do, you've said it I to I say me. it to you. Yeah. I've got no issue with it. Mm. I, I don't know if it's allowed. I never, I can't keep up with what's allowed anymore. But look, if something, if something tragic happens, if you are involved in a tragedy, yeah. cry, of course. If something's funny, Marley and me, a film called Paulie about a parrot. Oh my God, they clip his wings. You're crying, yeah? Mm. But you know the, the other crying. Because you aren't doing what you should do or whatever. Don't do that in front of your missus. And your missus won't lose respect for you, but I would lose respect for myself. I've always been the man of the house. Mm. And in in my ideal, the way that I see the world, the way that I've been taught to see the world as well, my grandmother, my mother, and there's men a responsibility. Under threat, do you think? No, not at all. I don't really understand why. Not, not at all. I don't really understand why people seem to think that there is this divide. Like me and my wife, my wife, like I said before, Far more articulate. We'll meet her on the show one day. Far more articulate than me. Far cleverer than me. And I'd agree with and and is and would certainly identify as a feminist. Mm. Passionate on that front. Mm. Like my kids, if I showed you my daughter's bookshelf, it's all Emmeline Pankhurst and all that. Like yeah. it's, she's yeah. feminist. Mm. She's been taught the 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 principles of feminism from mm. a, from a three year old. Mm. But it's not something that ever features in our relationship. We don't discuss. 
your responsibility, my responsibility. It's just I'm a fella. I get up, I go to work, I do what I do. She takes various contracts. So at the moment, she's getting up, she's going to work as well. But I have certain things that I fulfil in the house. And so does she. But it doesn't need to be this mad discussion where everybody's trying to like understand men and, and do we need to like, do we need to have a conversation about <laughs> what our responsibilities are? And, and I don't want to stand in your way because you want to go, fuck, just go to work, man. Just shut up and go to work. And man up and pull yourself together. Man up and pull yourself together, indeed. <laughs> well said, Mr. Rory Jennings. Right, look, we've got loads more episodes uh, coming, so make sure you do stay tuned. Make sure, as well, you download this podcast from wherever you download your podcast from, whether it be Spotify or Apple. Rory, as always, thank you very much. I need to get more woke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we, are, we are in the right area. Hackney Wick, stay around here. <laughs> stay around here. And there's a lot of woke places. I know, I've got for a you. statement socks on as well. That <laughs> yeah. helps, doesn't it? Get me a flat white and a MacBook, and I'll be away. You will be away, indeed. <laughs> Thanks again. Tool Station are the proud sponsors of the Men's Room podcast on Talk Sport. Join the Tool Station Club today online, in-store or via the app, and you will save some money getting a 5% discount shopping with Talk Station, as well as a chance to get your hands on some fantastic prizes, such as TVs, gaming consoles, and even holidays. If all that isn't enough, then remember, if you sign up, then you will get loads of exclusive discounts that aren't available anywhere else. That's the Tool Station Club. So make sure you join today online, in store, or via the app. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 